This is the anthem of the adventurer. The show for men who are tired of forsaking their dreams, who are willing to risk, to dare greatly, and know in their soul that their desire for adventure is good. It's time to venture into the wild places in our hearts. Here's your host, Dan Sainer. another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer. I'm your host, Dan Zayner. And before we get into today's interview, I wanted to share a little bit about our show sponsor for this week, Isaru. They're a brand that inspires parents to create deep connections with their children through play, creativity, exploration, and doing good deeds together. On their blog, they share everything from fun family games, exciting places to travel, humanitarian projects, healthy habits, to DIY tutorials. They're especially known for their epic handmade Halloween costumes. And in their shop, they offer a collection of empowered graphic tees for adults and kids. The kids' tees include fun pockets to encourage them to get outside, explore nature, and collect treasures they find during their adventures. As part of their mission to be the good, a portion of all sales are donated to organizations that help underprivileged youth. These organizations build playgrounds in areas of poverty, provide art education, and outdoor experiences to inner-city youth. Isru is offering an exclusive discount only for the Anthem of the Adventure community of 25% off your entire order. Use the code ANTHEM to redeem your discount. And now, on to the show. Starting lines are almost more important than finish lines. That's a quote from a interview that our guest for today did on her awesome podcast that you're going to hear a ton about today. I'm super excited to share this with you. Uh, Today we talk with Shelby Stenger, who is a journalist, a surfer, a podcaster, and adventurer who really enjoys travel and big adventures. She's got a great outlook on life and some amazing stories to share from her own life and her podcast, Wild Ideas Worth Living, where she interviews world-class explorers, athletes, authors, scientists, health experts, and entrepreneurs about how they've taken their own wild ideas and made them a reality so that you can too. From people who have sailed across the Pacific, people who have broken records, climbed the tallest peaks, written best-selling books, started the outdoor companies you love, or just stood up for something they believed in, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. Awesome guest that uh, I've been looking forward to having on as we've gotten to know each other a little bit. Uh, new friend Shelby Stanger of the uh, Wild Ideas Worth Living podcast. Shelby, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today. Dan, thank you so much for having me on round two. I really appreciate it. <laughs> round one was great, so I'm sure this is going to be even better. It's an honor to be part of part of this tribe, and great to talk to a fellow podcaster. Yeah, it's so cool. Like, uh, you know, how. Uh, you know, we can find each other in this kind of a podcasting world and, um, and help each other grow and accomplish our, our own missions. It's great. Like, I'm really loving everything you're doing. Um, your guests are awesome. And uh, just really been enjoying getting to, uh, you know, know you through your show and our little conversations. So um, yeah, I'm just glad to glad to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to and kind of where you come from and where, where you're headed? Yeah, so I was just at the Outdoor Retailer Show in Denver last week, and oh, awesome. you know, my show, the goal was to interview adventurers who've taken a wild idea and made it happen, and mostly how they overcame fear and self-doubt, and, and I'm really interested in people who've taken the path less traveled, 
people who've taken a decision that most people said that you're crazy for doing and they did it anyway. So at the show, it's really, really honored to have Alex Honnold on the show. Um, to me, you know, climbing El Capitan without ropes is about the most oh, wild idea man. ever. Yeah, I thought that name sounded familiar. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a rock climber, really interesting guy. His movie comes out with Nat Geo in a month or so. And oh, really? Wow. Yeah, that was a great conversation. And, and this, so my background to answer your question is in marketing and journalism in the action and outdoor sports world. So since I was 16, I started writing stories, went to journalism school. And my first job out of college was as a journalist, but in the action sports arena. So I, I was the journalist for the Vans Warp Tour, which is a punk rock concert series that goes to 60 cities in 60 different days. And it was just a great training ground to be a journalist in this arena. And then I lived in Breckenridge, Colorado, and I wrote about snowboarding and hosted a TV show and a radio show and wrote a weekly adventure column when I was young in college. Um, and pretty much all of my jobs, I've tried to write about adventure, you know, minus a couple of stints in marketing and running PR for some big brands. That, that's been my background. I started the podcast in 2016, mostly because I wanted, I really loved the podcast format. And my, my background had been journalism, storytelling, marketing for a long time. And I'd also been reporting about the business of the outdoor and action sports industry. Mm. And I just loved podcasting. I loved audio stories told straight to my ear. I love the fact that quotes are unedited. That you get to hear a full story and a full quote from another person in its raw, real, honest form. Yeah. I just find- Do you have some you, favorite quotes from your guests that you can- Oh my gosh, I have a million. I actually, if you go to wildideasworthliving.com and all of my show notes, I have quotes from every single guest. I, I guess the, fir the, the very first guest- has a really good quote that comes to mind and it's from Steph Jagger who wrote a book called Unbound about her wild idea which was to ski the most vertical feet in a year and she did this like god over uh, gosh over a decade ago and she's she's like almost 40 now um but she quit her job mortgaged her house made this decision to like go ski the most vertical feet in the world and met her husband along the way. And she says wow. that, that starting lines are often more important than finish lines. Starting lines are scary. They're terrifying. And yeah, they are. I think that's so powerful because all of us have these ideas that we're just afraid to do. And, you know, the outcome we can't control, but we can control if we start and they're da it's daunting. But if you start, all these things tend to happen and you grow as a person. So I really like that quote. And she was the very first guest on the podcast. She's a good friend. And um, her podcast episode did really well. I can see why. That is an amazing quote. And I'm still working through your archive. I'm kind of working my way back to the first one. So <laughs> I'm going to have to. Oh, that's so nice of you. Of Thank list. you. <laughs> I, I think they get better, like, as they keep going. I get better as an as a interviewer. But you know, some of my guests from early on were really awesome. I wish I had known now, you know, known then what I know now, but. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that I, I've been podcasting for a little bit over a year now. And that's it. Like, yeah, you did, I, some of those early guests like, oh man, I wish I could have, have them back on now that I'm a better interviewer. <laughs> well, you can, that's like the power of podcasting. 
Yeah, definitely gonna have have some uh, some repeats um, after a little while. But it's so cool. Like I keep meeting new new people. It's like, well, it'd be a shame to you know go back to the people that it, the audience has already heard, even if they're awesome. Because keep meeting new awesome people. How do you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> you know, I think that's something that like everybody has a talent, and like if I have one superpower or talent in life, it's I'm really attracted to interesting people, and I don't get sick of hearing their stories. And so I just gravitate towards very interesting people. And luckily other people find them interesting as well. And I don't know, my mom was like that. So as, as a kid, my mother is a social worker and a professor. She talked to everybody. So the guys who bagged our groceries at Vons and Seaside Market, they came over to our birthday parties. Uh, people that she met at the gym, her students, like every Thanksgiving dinner we had was this motley crew of guests that my mom would talk to. She talks to everybody. <laughs> and she usually finds the most interesting people on the street and invites them in. And, and that's just such a beautiful gift that she passed on to me. She told me to always talk to people that she said everybody has a story and everybody's unique. And my mom is very open. So from a young age, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't see color, race, gender, anything. It's just, is, is the person interesting? Do they have a unique story? And that's always what's, what's been attractive to us. And I think I inherited that. So finding interesting people has, has never been too hard. Like I'm never short of guests and <laughs> yeah. never run out of stories, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think what's really fun about this medium is I, I think I, we're similar in that way. It's like, you just keep finding these interesting people that you never really expected to meet at all. <laughs> and then getting the, the privilege to get to talk to them for a while and, and kind of unpack their, their stories. It's just really, really fun. I wanted to talk about um, adventure and what it means to you. Cause you're a pretty adventurous person. You've, as you've kind of talked about, what, do you have like a working definition for that? Well, thanks. Well, you kind of, you kind of prepped me, so I, I do now. So, you know, for me, adventure is doing something that's a little out of your comfort zone, but brings you joy and helps you go, grow positively as a human. So I, I don't think it needs to be climbing Everest or a huge mountain. It's just anything that gets you out of your comfort zone, but it's positive and helps you grow. So for some people, it's like having a baby. That's like a huge adventure, something sure that they is. want. It brings them joy, but it's like hard and it's definitely out of their comfort zone and brings them joy. I think a trip like travel provides lots of opportunities for adventure. You know, going on a weight loss plan or a health plan to make yourself, you know, a, a more healthy human, whether it's training for a marathon or a half marathon or an ultra marathon, those are all adventures. It can be anything you want it to be, but for me, it's about growing as a human and getting out of your comfort zone. Like, if there's a little element of, hey, this is kind of scary, I think that's good because you grow from that. It's like right now, the biggest adventure I have planned is I have to do a lot of public speaking. And it's a little scary and a little daunting to be in front of a crowd and have to tell your story. But I know I'll grow as a human from that experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of our you know, top fears as, as people as public speaking. So good on you for having the courage to do that. Thanks. I love it. I don't know. For some reason, when there's like a crowd, especially if there's like a crowd of women and they have wine, I can be hilarious and self-deprecating. <laughs> These are going to be more uh, businessy, uh, businessy sp speeches, but um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> so 
public speaking is kind of one way. Are there, are there other ways that you kind of incorporate that into your life on a maybe daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis? Yeah, well, well, travel is really big. So we take a lot of trips. I mean, every day I try and surf or run or hike. It's a little scary because someone's definitely died doing it, but it was years ago. It was a fluke. And I'm going to go swim it. That's one way. You know, I love challenges. So I have a friend who turned 40 last week and he had this great idea for a birthday challenge. He had to do 10 laps around this, this break called Black's Beach. So basically you start at the top of a cliff, you run down and you run up 10 times. And it's a no joke cliff that he had to run down and up. And then mm. he did 10 waves and then they went to the climbing gym and did, I think 30, 30 pitches or 30 routes, which is pretty, pretty wow. legit. It's a, it's a small bouldering gym, but after run, I mean, each lap at blacks, you know, was about a mile straight uphill. So Man. no joke. Yeah. Yeah. So I like birthday challenges. You know, I like doing cool. things in your age, you know, as we get older, it's definitely, I have a friend who runs his age in miles. I, I just can't do that yet. <laughs> I'm not there, but um, we have a little friend neighbor who's turning 13 and we're going to go do a birthday challenge this week. It can be a hike. It can be, you know, for me, I kind of like big adventures. And for years, I would take at least one or two big adventures. So when I met my fiance, within three months, we decided to pretty much move to New Zealand together. That was a pretty big adventure and a great way to test your relationship. Yeah. And then when you're in New Zealand, everything's an adventure because you're living there, but everything is new. So yeah, just going to the grocery store is an adventure. Yeah, the, I love going to grocery stores in other countries. Like, I'm fascinated by how other cultures eat, even just in New Zealand. Um, it's, just, it's just interesting, like, how, how we eat as, as a society and in different cultures and how their approaches to food. So, so yeah, I, I incorporate adventure with family and friends. Gosh, it can be on a daily basis or, you know, I try to do a couple big adventures a year. Awesome. What was what was your last birthday challenge? Not that you not saying you have to say your age. Oh, no, 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 I'm 38. <laughs> so I'm I'm not a spring chicken, but we we all we tried to catch our, our our age in waves. And I don't know if I was successful. 38 waves is a lot wow. when yeah. the surf's not cooperating. When the surf's cooperating, no problem, but um when it's when it's small or there's not a lot of waves, it's a little challenging. So that was the last birthday challenge. It's pretty fun. We're going to try and go to Portugal this year or Italy. We're not sure. Cool. But, I mean, for years, what I did was I funded my adventures by selling stories. So oh. I mean, even as a little kid, so at 19 years old, my first internship in college was to write for my community newspaper. There are all these things I wanted to do in San Diego, but I didn't have a lot of money. So I wanted to go kiteboarding. So I pitched the newspaper, hey, like, what if I write about this kiteboarding school and then I get a free lesson? Like, it was completely selfish, but, but awesome because I also got to tell a story about this <laughs> amazing guy who had muscular dystrophy and started a kiteboard, store, a kiteboard school. And, you know, there's always a deeper story than it appears to be on the surface. Um, I went to South Africa at age 19 and I interned for a newspaper there. And I decided that I wasn't going to write about, it was, it was very, it was only a couple of years after apartheid had ended. So I was there in 99. I think apartheid ended in, oh, I'm going to butcher this, like 94. I don't, I don't remember exactly. We might have to fact check that. Yeah, but we can fact check that. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't long after apartheid had ended. And I figured 
I would have to write about race, AIDS, and everything that goes on in post-apartheid South Africa on an everyday basis. So I was like, I'm going to write about adventure. And in my journalism professor was like, you know, you should. And I wanted to do a lot of adventures in Cape Town. So I pitched mm -hmm. the newspaper. I said, hey, what if I do as many adventures as you can do one day in South Africa from an American girl perspective? What do you guys <laughs> say? And they loved it. And then they loved like, you know, I went to a soccer game there. I was a college. And they're like, yeah, why don't you write about, you know, a United States female girl's, a female's perspective on soccer in South Africa and what a soccer game is like. And I thought the soccer game in South Africa was hilarious because it was so different than going to a soccer game in 1998 or 1999 in the United States. Oh, I bet. So, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. And there was so much, there was so much dancing and singing and energy and they were selling ganja like it was Cracker Jacks. It was hilarious. They were like peanuts, <laughs> Cracker Jacks, and then weed, which was hysterical to me as a 19-year-old. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's still hysterical now, but, but it was really interesting. And fans got pretty excited over, you know, over just a throw-in, which doesn't happen in the United States. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a different game over here. And <laughs> for, better, for, for better or worse. <laughs> And you were right. It's 1994. Our our friend Google says so. Okay, cool. <laughs> I hate I hate I hate butchering facts like that, um, especially since I lived there and worked as a journalist. But yeah, I mean, I so I've tried to incorporate a lot. And you know, then I worked at Vans. So first, I was the journalist for the Vans Warp Tour. That was my first job out of college, and it was an incredible opportunity. I had to write about everything that happened on this 60-day traveling punk rock concert. It's in its very last year. This year, it's the longest really? running music festival in the world. And the year was 2002. They were going to hire a guy to report. It's called the Pit Reporter. And basically, the job is to take pictures every day about what goes on on the tour and then write a story about it and post it to what is now called a blog. Back then, it wasn't even a blog. There was no Wi-Fi. You know, no, no, it was dial-up internet days. I had a Canon Elf camera that had to shoot pretty low-resolution pictures. And every day, at the end of the day, I would have to write two stories. One was a diary entry about the day. The second was like a feature on a musician or a roadie or a nonprofit booth that was set up at the Warp Tour or a fan. And that was fine. The journalism part of it was fine because I'd gone to journalism school, you know, as a teen, I had been a working journalist. I was okay with the writing. What was hard was finding a phone line at the end of the day. <laughs> concert venues are set up in stadiums and parking lots to send the story in. You know, most of the phone lines were taken by booking managers. And, and you know, they're dealing with money and tickets. So they were scary as heck. And I was 21 years old. I just turned 21, I think, on that tour, which is a great way to experience, you know, your first job out of college on oh, a yeah. punk rock concert tour as one of the only females, by the way, at that time. But anyways, long story short, like I had to find these phone lines at the end of the day and it required an adventure. So I'd go up to the most non-axe murder looking like teenager I could <laughs> find and I would trade them backstage passes if they could give me a ride to a Kinko's or their house to use a phone line to send my story at the end of the day. And then I'd have to make it back to the tour bus before it left to the next stop. And that was awesome. And it also ruined me because I thought every job after that would be even better. And 
And so for the most part, I chased jobs that brought me adventure and joy. And I really haven't stopped. So when I couldn't find that two years ago, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to start my own company. A podcast isn't a big company, but it's been, a, for me, you know, the way I've designed my podcast, like it's a pretty legit biz- business now. Yeah. And I've partnered with REI and it's just been a really big, different kind of adventure. Oh, definitely. That's, that's from everything I, I can see of your podcast, like you're, you're doing it right and it's, it's going really well. So well, thank good you. On you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work. I've never I never thought running a podcast would be so much work, but it's also so rewarding and so fun. And I think you and I talked about it a little bit earlier that you know you can measure your podcast by numbers and downloads, but measuring it by impact is so much more valuable. And and it can be overwhelming, but people write in and say, "Hey, your podcast caused me to go on an adventure. It got me through my day. I quit my job and moved to Alaska." You know, those are little daunting emails to get. And some people oh, yeah. will write me and say, hey, I don't know what to do with my life. What should I do? And the truth is, is I'm not a therapist. I'm not qualified to give the kind of advice to certain people that ask for it. But, you know, I do my best. Yeah. <laughs> if they ask for it, I, I try to guide them in, in the best way possible. But I think the biggest, biggest advice I usually give people like that is start with being really kind to yourself. And then usually things start to fall into place. That's a great place to start. Have you heard of or, or read or listened to the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho? Of course. I think everybody's read The Alchemist. Such a good I, book. I've finally listened to it for the first time while we were out in Seattle last week. It was oh, nice. just awesome. <laughs> it's such a simple, powerful story. Yeah. I, th- I think it is a really good illustration of kind of what, what you were talking about. If like, you know, you get the closer you get to the, the soul of the universe, you know, you put that that personal legend out there that the universe just conspires to help you get there. <laughs> it usually does. When you're being really true to yourself and authentic and you take out ego, like really good things can happen. And for me, I think the podcast was the first illustration of that. Like there'd been so many times in my life where I pitched these stories that I didn't really want to do, but they sounded cool and I knew they would boost my resume. And usually they were really hard and they ended up not paying much. And it was just challenging. When I started the podcast, it was like the first time I had pretty instant success and it felt so good. Or It wasn't instant success, but just instant. Well, yeah, it was instant positive feedback. Yeah. Instant satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. And it felt really good. And I wasn't really doing it to make money. I mean... There's a lot of things that I could do to make a lot more money than do a podcast. But I did it because I just felt really almost desperate to get this message out that people, I felt really stuck at certain parts of my life. I had friends who felt stuck and I was like, you know, I wish I could share some of the interviews I had with the adventures I've already encountered through my journalism career. Mm. I feel like that would help get myself and others unstuck. And the podcast format was really the best answer to that. Yeah, I think you're right. And actually, something I've been looking for and looking forward to asking you again um, is, so I've got a, a daughter and I've got another one on the way and would love for them to grow up to be adventurous, like awesome women. And is there anything that in your life has helped you become, you know, the adventurous, awesome woman that you are now? 
Well, that's really sweet of you to say. And congrats on being a dad to daughter. That's really cool. Yeah, they're, she's great. And the next next one is going to be awesome as well, I'm sure, <laughs> when she gets here. <laughs> yeah, you seem like a really great dad. Oh, thanks. Get your kids involved in like physical sports. That to me, get them running, get them outside, throw them around, like let them let them be kids and let them let them do things that are a little scary. For me, it was surfing. You know, I wasn't a little girl when I learned to surf. I was 11 and my parents were from the East Coast. Really girls didn't surf at that time. But my mom, my mom sent me to a camp, a water sports camp where they taught surfing. And I was often the only girl in the group every week. But one week I had a female surf instructor and it was just a game changer for me. Like I'd never seen another girl that taught surfing, that surfed. She happened to speak fluent French and Spanish. She wow. taught SAT classes. She was really smart. The guys loved her. She totally had a great sense of humor. And I just fell in love. I'm like, I want to be like this girl when I grow up. I want to have guys flocking to me. I want to be a better surfer than them. And she was just really, and she was really smart um, and caring. And she ended up becoming our babysitter when my mom would go out of town <laughs> That's and, awesome. and threw awesome parties at her house. And then she ended up living in a studio off the back of our house when we moved when I was 13. And, and with my stepdad helped write the business plan for an all-woman surf school called Surf Diva. And wow. that was really cool. So I grew up with really positive women, women as well. So I think if you could also get them involved with activities where there's other really awesome women are going for it that that that's really impactful like for me you know I played soccer because at the time when I was a kid like the most badass girls played soccer and so oh yeah Mia yeah, Hamm and all that yeah it was like I was there when you know Brandy Chastain took her shirt off at the World Cup and I was like I did that after every game <laughs> I didn't think it was a really big deal I would run around in my sports bra and I just because that's just what we did because I was used to running around in my bikini and I didn't think it was a big deal but but, you know, Brandy Chastain and Mia Hamm, those girls were badass. And in surfing, you know, I had this woman, Izzy Tiani. So if you can get them involved in activities where there's like really – the cool thing is, is we're in a really good time for women. Like there's a lot of badass women doing yeah. a lot of things. So I think raising girls is probably going to be in many ways easy. I think, I think people who are raising boys need to raise boys to be strong too and to find positive mentors. I don't want to get into this debate right now, but like, I, I think if you have a kid, whether they're a boy or a girl, just find them positive mentors, get them outside and show them lots of love and kindness. I'm not a mom. So I just know that that's what worked for me. Oh yeah. And that's, I think you, you totally hit the nail on the head and, and exactly what I was going for. So <laughs> that's awesome. And really, really good, really, really good advice. And I think the other thing is I had a mom who was a social worker growing up and she taught human behavior. So she taught about drugs, alcohol, sex, like the most taboo topics at the time. And she talked so openly with me about all that stuff that, mm. you know, I didn't use drugs. And when it came time to like having sex, I was really, I, I did things the right way. Let's put it that way. Like I was very cautious. I took my time. Like I, I've just never had those issues with sex or drugs. And I, I think I'm really lucky. I think it's because my mom 
was so open in talking to me about all those things. And yeah, that's really important. And like something that scares the heck out of me is talking to my kids about the kind of stuff. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if I was a parent, I would be terrified. Like we babysit for our friends' kids all the time. When they ask certain questions, I'm like, uh, you know, like, what do you do? We're not their parents. <laughs> yeah, you have to talk to your dad about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, those are, those are, those are tough. And it sounds like your, your mom did an awesome job in bringing those up, those topics up in a, a way that made you not feel scared to, approach them which is no but i mean there also was like there were family members who were alcoholics and drug addicts so i also was just scared terrified to ever (laughs) do drugs and you know i I saw firsthand i think being the youngest child was also really helpful i have two older sisters and you know i i had a grandpa who was an alcoholic so like we we knew sort of i i knew what not to do and what to do i was i was really lucky Mm, yeah Speaking of knowing what to do, what not to do, there's another question I wanted to ask you from our mutual, not friend, but uh, mentor from afar, Tim Ferriss, <laughs> is when, when you get into situations where you're like overwhelmed or, or unfocused or something, are there questions you ask yourself or things you tell yourself? Yeah, and I, I love Tim Ferriss. He's totally a friend. We just, he just doesn't know it yet, but he's yeah, like a really exactly. good friend. So. So I asked myself, actually, one of these is probably from Tim Ferriss. You know, what would this look like if it were easy? Mm, I I think I tend to make things really hard in my head that aren't that hard. So if I can just say, hey, what would this look like if it were easy and then break it down, it usually becomes pretty easy. For me personally, I, I tend to seek approval more than I'd like to. And it comes from like a place of ego. So I try to ask myself, could I let go? of wanting approval for this? Can I let go of wanting this outcome to be a certain way? Because the truth is, is you can never control the outcome. All yeah. you can do is control in the now what you're doing. The other thing is, it sounds hippy dippy, but like I like to put, I just said like, let's try it again. It sounds a little hippy dippy, but I like to put love into what I do. So if I can think of what I'm doing and if it's a really hard project, If I could send that project love, literally visualize that project in my head and send it love. So if I have a hard task ahead of me, I just have to think of that task. Like if I'm writing a book or a big project or a big speech, I'm just going to send that speech that's unwritten a ton of love and visualize it. And then it just, it almost becomes like this soft cloud pillow of yumminess. And it's no longer this like scary rock of sharp edges. That's really, really helpful. The other thing is I just try to think of like, how will this project or whatever I'm doing help someone else? And if I can think of helping this one person rather than like hundreds and thousands of people, just one person and really visualize it transforming their life, then the project becomes a lot easier and less daunting. That is awesome. And a perfect segue (laughs) to how you could help someone else, um, which is the, the last question that I've been itching to, to hear your, your answer to that's going to help out a ton of folks is the challenge <clears throat> that I love to ask people about this. So what, what would you challenge me and folks who are listening to this in the next week after this episode comes out to embrace some adventure in our lives? Okay, so you also tipped me off this question, but I really like to take something one of my guests challenged 
the audience with. And it's a woman named Jen Sincero who wrote, you're a badass and you are a badass at making money. That was a great episode. Thank you. She's just an awesome human being. And she actually didn't make any money until she was in her forties or she didn't make a lot of money. And so she hired this life coach basically, or a business coach to help her and invested more money than she's ever invested in her life, but it paid, paid back in dividends. So, you know, I've always been skeptical of coaches and coaching, but she pretty much sold me on the, the whole coaching idea. And I don't have a coach still, but if I could find a business coach like she had, I, I think it would be a really good investment. And I know you're we doing talk coaching. offline. I have one that would be really perfect for you. But. Yeah, thank you. I love <laughs> that. And I think it's great that you're going to do some coaching. So, and people ask me to do some coaching and I haven't come around to that yet, but, but I'm considering it because I think it could be really powerful. But Jen challenged everybody. She said, pick one thing that would really impact your life positively that you're terrified to do. Then just go do it. Go do it in one week. You've got one week. And the truth is, is we can all make a step to do this thing that will really help positively impact our lives now. So last time I talked to you, I, I, I said this advice and I was like, the biggest thing I need to do is like redo my website just a little bit now. I think that would really help. And I did it. I just made a couple awesome. of tweaks. I didn't completely redo the whole thing, but, but go do something. If it's investing in yourself, if it's going on a trip because you really want to just go on a trip, then go on a trip. I think that's like the one common theme between all of my guests is they say, just go do it. What are you waiting for? Like we are on this earth and then we die. Everything else in between is how we fill our time. And it's a choice. Yes, we have to make money to feed ourselves and we got to eat, but we have family and we have all these other things, kids, whatever, but like you could die tomorrow. So don't go rob a bank, but go do something positive for you. It helps you grow and do it now. And then the other thing I like to tell friends is, you know, I believe the outdoors has so many powerful answers. I think that there's so many answers that have been provided to me through surfing, through hiking, through running. that I never could have got with a pen and a paper and a to-do list. Or, you know, sometimes I get it through writing a diary, but really I get the best answers in the water. So if you have a friend who doesn't get outside a lot, take them outside, take them on a hike, take them on a nature walk, or go on a walk. So my next guest this week is Scott Jurek, and he is a ultra runner. He's, one, he's pretty much one of the greatest ultra runners of all time. And a couple of years ago, he was feeling a little stale in his life. And so he said, you know what? I need to do something wild. So he set out on this grand adventure to run the entire Appalachian Trail, which is 2,189 miles. And he set the seat, and his goal was to set the speed record for it. Like he wasn't going to just go run it. He was going to go break a record because that's how he does things. And really he said in doing it, he just completely rediscovered his sense of purpose, which was I'm a runner. I run. This is what I do. And, and all of that, it's okay. And, you know, him and his wife, he and his wife had been struggling to have a baby think they had a miscarriage or something happened and as soon as they were done with this amazing adventure they had two babies like pretty quickly after and so now he's a dad and he's on another adventure and he doesn't feel like he has all this running he doesn't feel like he has a lot of running races or records to prove like he's kind of done it yeah 
Yeah, you don't really need to do much else after that. What he said was he said, go on a walk. Because when you walk long distance, you can figure out a lot of things. And even though he ran it, like walking, walking's pretty, pretty powerful. It's something very innate in all of us and primal. We we used to walk everywhere as humans. So go on a walk. Yeah. And if you want to burn some more calories while you're at it, if that's your thing, yeah. like throw Lose some weight, weight on your back and social. It's like it's the best thing ever. And it's easy and you don't hurt your knees. Yeah. I like walking. I I just went on a walk. We we're really lucky right now. We live in the beach in San Diego. I'm kind of won the lottery with like a condo that's falling apart, but on the beach location wise. And we can walk on the beach every morning. And I love walking low tide on the beach. It's just, it's oh, awesome. Yeah. We just did that with our family when we were out there visiting uh, a few weeks ago. It was, it's just really special to like see all the little critters run around and yeah, in all little tide pools and pick up sand crabs and all sorts of fun stuff. And then the other thing I would challenge everybody to do is, um, this is like from me, it's just be kind to yourself. Be really kind to other people. But, you know, so many guests have said this on my show and I say it too. Like, don't say anything to yourself that you wouldn't say to your best friend. I think oftentimes we're really hard on ourselves. And it's something that I've had to work on a lot. It's just because I'm, I'm really quite driven and sometimes to a fault. So I just have to like chill out, go surfing and be really kind to myself <laughs> and to other people. That helps a lot. Yeah, that's, that's really important to remember. <laughs> Dan, what's your challenge? Oh man, put me on the spot here. Um, hmm. Sorry, I'm just an interviewer. So I like, wow, <laughs> like I'm okay. really actually curious like what you would challenge people to go do. Yeah, you know what? I'd say find the like something that's stupid, simple, to do that'll that'll get you one step closer to something you're trying to achieve like the lowest possible barrier to entry <laughs> thing and just go do that kind of along with the lines of what you're saying like just go do one thing you're afraid of but i'm saying go do the biggest thing that's your barrier biggest barrier to entry. the reason i'm like, saying that though is because when you like meditation for example like trying to get a, a, a friend into doing that every day i just challenge them to go do it for a minute every day like you could do that for a minute every day and that's one of these yeah. days you're gonna just forget to stop <laughs> that's good advice you know in lines with the adventure you asked me like what's an adventure you do you know lately i've been doing because i had on wim hof i've been doing the breathing breathing challenges the wim hof breathing and then i've been going to an ice bath oh, so cool. one of our friends this guy named reese peluso offers workshops in san diego for Wim Hof breathing and he has an ice bath. He actually has a freezer in his backyard. Oh, and so we've been going over there and it's been such a fun adventure. I mean, all you need is a tub of ice and it feels like the most insane, crazy adventure to your body and your mind. And you feel so good afterwards. And, you know, usually you sleep well at night. This last time I just had a massive amount of energy, like too much energy, but really, it feels so good. Yes. So I'm really into the whole ice bath and breathing challenges. I think you can do a lot using your own mind, your own breath and nature to have a crazy wild adventure in your own living room or your bathtub. That's Sounds a little dirty, but you know what I meant? Like, yeah, ice bath wise. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Go into first. I tried to do it, like do it last fall into winter. Like get myself, you know, acclimatized to the cold and I did you know 
taking cold showers and stuff, and I never got to full ice bath. I just need to do that this year. I never, I never done that either. And really, all he does is he goes to Costco, he gets eighteen bags of ice, and he throws it in like a big tin, giant bucket thing. Or he has one of those freezers that you would put in your garage that holds meat or whatever extra things you need frozen. And he plugs it into his backyard, fills it with water and puts it at like 36 degrees. It's not totally frozen. And that's his ice bath that's always there and ready to go. Huh. And he doesn't need to clean it. It's pretty cool. That is cool. I mean, I guess he cleans it, but he doesn't need to clean it that often. You know, you're just jumping in. You're only going for like two minutes at a time. Yeah, you can't stay in there for very long. Mm. So yeah, the ice bath challenge is is really fun and being positive, being kind to yourself, being kind to other people. That's really huge. And then I'm really into comedy too. Like I think that there's a Steve Martin quote that says a day without laughter is like a day without sunshine, which is Mm. basically night, you know? So (laughs) I feel like if you can make someone laugh and bring a smile to their face, you're winning. Definitely. You can get out of any situation and you can really impact someone's day positively. Yeah, that's really good. We definitely had shared a few laughs, so that's <laughs> a win well, for thanks, both. Well, thanks, I really appreciate it. Thanks for doing this round two. Yeah, this like is I, great. I did this better this time, and um, I really appreciate your work and what you do in the world. I think it's great. Oh, likewise. Yeah, this, is, this has been been awesome, and uh, looking forward to um, sharing, sharing this with everybody. And where, where folks find out more about everything you're doing? The best place is wildideasworthliving.com. We're also on Instagram at wildideasworthliving. I think Facebook is at wildideasworthliving. I have a Twitter account, but I literally don't do Twitter. I'm sorry. That's okay. I don't either. And podcasts, <laughs> like subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Wild Ideas Worth Living. You know, I'll try not to talk about myself, but y- you'll hear me through my podcast guests and that's the best place to find me right now. Do you have a, a like a favorite episode or two that people should listen to first? It's always my my last one I did, but I think the most popular ones are Jensen Cheryl, you're a badass. Cheryl Strayed, the author of Wild. Um, there's that. There's another woman I I I interviewed named Liz Frugalwoods who has a different approach to finance oh, than yeah. Jensen Cheryl, and she's lived frugally and managed to retired by age 30 with her husband on land in vermont that's a pretty cool episode awesome. i like the episode her on the uh, choose a five podcast she's really good cool um i i think that the podcast where guests learn something and take away really good advice do the best yeah my friend dr Rhonda patrick talks about biohacking your body for increasing performance using sauna ice baths hit training and more that's a good one cool um there's so many i mean it's just a, everybody has a different favorite one yeah that's 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 the fun part is like you know you you've got your favorites and each of your audience has their own favorites and seeing what people really like and it's the part of the part of the fun <laughs> well thanks dan yeah so upcoming next is scott jurek alex honnold paddleboarder 10-time paddleboard champ jamie mitchell this amazing oh, big wave announcer and big wave surfer peter mel and this really awesome woman named rue map who founded an organization called outdoor afro that gets all kinds of people outside hiking it's pretty cool cool looking forward to hearing those and and seeing where where the rest of your work takes you and thanks again for your, your time and looking forward to 
keep connected shall we it's been really awesome awesome dan how the waves out there (laughs) have a wonderful day i'm going right now i appreciate it take care thanks again bye thanks for listening to today's episode of the anthem of the adventurer please leave us a review in itunes those are the lifeblood of a new podcast we really appreciate those if you want to continue the conversation around this episode and engage with your fellow adventurers on our weekly challenge join our group on facebook now go out and live your adventure 